To so many people, you know, lifelong uh, Cubs fans, it's our happy place. It doesn't feel like a year without going to Wrigley Field, and you guys are amazing at what you do. And that's the thing, is that the Wrigley employees are always so helpful. They go beyond. When you see the same faces, year after year after year in the same sections, it makes you feel, it all feels like family that you're going to a place like it's a little family reunion. Every family member and friend who comes to that I take to a Cubs game or I take on a Wrigley Field tour because there's nothing better to do than be in Chicago and you all made that possible. Like I said, these are not just employees in my opinion, they're like family. I've brought people from all over the world, all over the country, people that don't like baseball, they love Wrigley Field. And we have you guys to thank for that. Welcome to Mistaken Identity Beyond the Ballpark, now part of the Unconfined Network. We explore the fascinating personal lives of the people inside Chicago's most iconic sports venue, Wrigley Field. Our podcast will take you on an amazing journey, introducing you to some incredible people that we've met along the way. We'll discuss hot topics, play a few games, and just try to have an overall good time. There'll be plenty of surprises along the way, so stick with us to see where our journey heads next. But for now, kick back, relax, and enjoy the latest episode of Mistaken Identity Beyond the Ballpark. Welcome to another episode of Mistaken Identity Beyond the Ballpark. And uh, so there's one name that you all have heard a lot of recently uh, that is a name from some of the past. Uh, you heard it in our Paul Rafter interview. Uh, you heard it recently. A lot of us talk about it because we worked uh, at Social Field this year. And that name that you heard was Gerlock. So I've got one of them here today. And we're going to sort of fill in some more of the missing pieces as we go down this line um, of past people from Wrigley Field uh, that have worked in uh, our department. And that is Mary Beth Gerlach. Mary Beth, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for asking me to be on it. It's exciting. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's exciting for me. I, I, and I was saying with uh, when I interviewed Justin, I was saying it's pretty cool to be able to interview your boss. And it's, <laughs> And uh, you're also my boss on one side, too. So it's good to be doing this twice. I guess so. <laughs> yes, for sure. Yes. Uh, so that's, let's go all the way back. And can you tell me, how did you even get involved with the Cubs to begin with? Okay. So when I was 18, I think, um, I was in college and I was on a bowling league with my mom. And there was a men's league next to us. We were a women's league. And there was this kid that I befriended and he was telling me about that the Cubs were hiring. Um, I was a big Cub fan, wore Cubs stuff to bowling all the time, my little charm necklace and everything. Um, so he uh, told me about the interviews. So I went with him to Wrigley to interview for an ushering position. I can go from there, but you can ask me more questions. Yeah. So now, now when I interviewed my process, uh, uh, we were brought down to the Cubs clubhouse we were sat in a circle and it was sort of a uh every man for themselves they would ask a question and they wanted to see who could answer who was quiet and then you got moved on to the second round so what, oh, was, wow. like, what was the process like for you when you interviewed 
So I think when I went, like they were um, doing a lot of recruiting at high schools. So I was in college. So it was more so high school kids. So we all like we we went, they used to have the veranda office upstairs. So we went up there, we were sitting in a room together and then there was the two offices and uh, Larry Recht, who used to work with us back then and Paul Gerlach walked out of the office and was like, all right, do you want to take the girl, the guy? Like, I remember this is so weird. <laughs> I remember. And um, Larry's like, I'll just take the guy. And so then I interviewed with Paul Gerlach. And again, I interviewed as an usher, but because they were hiring a lot of high school kids that weren't available, I ended up, um, then he asked if I wanted to work in the office because my availability was a little different because it was college. And then I stayed and took what they called a read test. So I was there for like another half hour, an hour after the interview. And this kid that I came with, he had to wait for me. <laughs> so oh, wow, okay. I got hired to work in the office in the crowd management office. So uh, pretty much started like a couple weeks after the interview. That was like my oh, job. Wow, okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, so was that your own? So, so were you ever an usher or security or you were you only in the office? I was in the office. Um, I was an usher like four games one season. Um, so when it was a day game and they needed help, I would put on these blue pants <laughs> that had red and white stripes on the side. Um, I actually tapered them up because they were so long and so big on the bottom. Um, and I went down and I took tickets or I passed out promo items. And what was awesome is like they used to do this thing where uh, over 1000 ticket club and you, you know, if you took over a thousand tickets, so I took over like a thousand tickets or something. And I was only off by two because back then you count the stubs. Yeah. It would, you'd match it to the turnstile. And I was only off by two and I was so mad that I wasn't even, but this other usher, Jeff Darendahl, I took over for, he had the two stubs in his uh, eight. So I was actually even, so I loved going down. I loved working as an usher. So maybe like four times. I also would like work in the wives lounge and watch the kids, you know, so I did whatever they needed, but mostly worked in the office where they would bring in the cage office where they would bring everybody up that was in trouble and put them in the cage. <laughs> so I yeah. did the processing and stuff. Now I was there in 90, I got there in 94. So we had the blue pants, but there were no stripes on the side when I got there. They were just solid blue pants, the blue tie <laughs> and the red vest. Mm -hmm, the red vest. <laughs> <laughs> By the time I got there. Yes. So and that bring, which brings me to this next point, because um, I know now a lot of us uh, talk about uh, the uniform and how it's, in our opinion, way better now than it was back then. What were some of the different uniforms that you saw uh, during the time there? I still actually have some of those uniforms. So the first one, the first one was the red vest with the little tie. We used to have little Cubs patches on it um, and the blue pants with the stripes. Uh, crowd control, like... I wasn't there during the pit helmet days. I actually have a pit helmet that Paul has. Um, that was before us. But then um, we used to do, have these, um, they looked like baseball shirts. So it had crowd management um, embroidered in the center. So they were red and they had a white stripe in the center. They were polos and crowd management logo was uh, embroidered in the center of that. Then there were these blue dress shirts um, like more of an Oxford shirt, but a short sleeve Oxford shirt that had the Cubs crowd management logo in those. The ushers were pretty much the same with that red vest because you came in 94. So they kept that pretty much the same, but the crowd management, the crowd control ones were a little different at each time. But those are the three that I remember. Now, so you you brought up uh, that Paul Gerlach interviewed you. 
And I know our listeners are going to be like, wait a minute, her name is Mary Beth Gerlach. And uh, how did he get, get to interview her? I, I don't know. Just kind of happened. Um, I don't know. I, <laughs> I don't know how to. Um, so, yes, he was my a boss at the time. And then um, a budding romance started off and on for many years. Um, he left in 93. So I was there by myself, 94. I left before the 94 season, actually. So he left before the 93 season. Um, within that time of that we were dating, uh, it was kind of frowned upon, of course. So I ended up um, being offered a job in stadium operations, a full-time job um, down at, with Tom Cooper and Paul Ratche. So I actually worked for them so that Paul uh, Gerlach was not my direct manager, I guess. So um, so then I ended up doing parking, ADA parking and um, incidents and well, lots of other things down in stadium op. So kind of just went from there. But again, I, I don't, you know, really remember how the whole thing started. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah. I, I just wanted to, I just wanted them to know that you all were married. Because they were like, how do you have the same yes. last name? That's yes. all. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So yes, yes. We worked together and then obviously got married after we left the Cubs. <laughs> Now, was there a Cubs convention when you were there? Uh -huh. Do you yes. have any Cubs convention memories? Oh, my gosh. Um, so one time I remember, like, Mark Grace just coming up to our office. We used to have an office where we checked everybody in and just hanging out with us. Uh, another time, Sean Dunstan, I remember just saying hi to him in the in the hallway at the Hilton, not really realizing what I was doing. And then all of a sudden, I, all these fans just swapped him. Like, well, sometimes they don't know who it is without the number on their back. Um, one year, I didn't really work for crowd. I, being in stadium app, I kind of volunteer. I didn't really work in the crowd management side of it. Um, so I was put to task to get um, all the players to sign for their checks. Um, I think they got paid to go. Um, I actually still have that list. I, I kept it. But like they had to sign for I would give them their check or give them something. I think it was their check. And they had a sign for it. Like Sammy Sosa, I remember getting his signature. He was very nice. Um, so, yeah. So, and then just the dance, like uh, Cubs convention, at the end of the Cubs convention, like that Saturday night, they would have a, um, a 50s, 60s, I think 50s party. So I remember that. Um, but yeah, it, oh my gosh, so much fun. So much fun. Another thing I remember really it had nothing to do with the Cubs convention, is the sale of all the seats. Like that was kind of my first, I remember that was like my first thing I worked was we were at 8K and all the seats that came out of the stadium because they were remodeling, we sold them all. And, oh my gosh, just so many memories. <laughs> I could go on now. <laughs> do you have any, do you have any uh, specific memories of like um, of very special games at Wrigley Field that you were part of? Yes, uh, Ronald Reagan, the president came throughout the first pitch. Um, the first night game, it was the first time I saw it guest. Um, I handled the ticket. So one of the crowd management people, she broke her leg. I was supposed to be in the office. Um, so I was on the veranda. It was very hot, very rainy. Well, it didn't rain yet. But back then, ticket duplications, they would relocate the person with the duplicate tickets either, either where the suites were, which there were no suites at the time before the night game, <clears throat> or in a different section. Well, then people got used to that. And we're like, Oh, well, I can give my two tickets to my friend and I can get four people in, you know? So we then started that night, 
we started to eject the people with the original tickets. Oh. oh, I was the person handling that. So this guy got in my face and swore at me and I swore back at him. We apologized. <laughs> it, was, it was very heated. Like it was people were yelling or so upset. Um, I mean, I remember that night, first night that Morgana ran on the field. I was so mad that I wasn't in the crowd management office doing the processing. Um, was doing that. Um, I actually, um, the MLB security agent, Todd was his name. Uh, they had a, a ticket scam that was being run at a hotel and I kind of got the information on that. So they caught that. Uh, so that's first night game. I remember when Andre Dawson was hit by the pitch and they sent to the hospital. Um, the, they used to do a lot of um, events there. So uh, under the lights, um, events so but yeah i think those are the three memorable with the first time all-star game oh yeah all-star game at early field i was there for 1990 um so that was a lot of fun um so yeah those are the so let me ask you about reggae because i was there when clinton came there and i remember it was a huge not mess but it was a lot extra for us to do because one we had to arrive early and we had to be screened. Uh, and they had rolled Clinton's um, limo inside, and drove, it in, drove it inside of Gay K down to the um, clubhouse. And when the game was over, we were stuck in the locker room at Gay K until Clinton left. And it must have been maybe two hours after we, he, he just talked and talked and talked. But they didn't allow us to leave the building until Clinton got back in the car and the car was out of the concourse. So what was it like when Reagan came there? I don't remember being like, like, I don't remember any screening. I mean, I've done a lot of presidential events in my career and, and got background checks and stuff for employees, but I think they just drove the limo through gate uh, K, dropped him off at the clubhouse. He, he threw out the first person, he got back in the limo and left. And Flayo was also there, who was vice president, okay. was a little bit more, but again, he, it wasn't like it, it is now with a lot of secret service and, you know, I think it's high risk more nowadays but back then it wasn't that big of a deal like it literally drove in drove out okay so now tell me how did uh how did we go from the cubs to s3 um so in between we uh paul and i so he left 93 i left in 94 um we started working for a company called star security and they did a lot of the concerts and events and the owners of star wanted to branch into more um other events so we started working for star and um we did the uh grand opening of navy pier so we we started with star so um the grand opening Navy pier we got the lincoln park zoo security accounts and those are accounts that paul and i worked on out of our house, believe it or not, an apartment. Um, we actually had people come and we hired them out of our apartment. So scary. <laughs> think about that now. Um, so, so we were doing that. And then the owners of Star wanted to kind of branch off and make the company a little bit bigger. Um, and they, uh, Paul proposed a new company, Safety Service Systems, to them. And basically we became safety service systems, DBA, our name S3, because that was way too um, long to, to say. Um, we were star for a while, um, but what really, you know, started S3 was that we bid on the Chicago Bears account. <clears throat> and that was our, basically our first client. The, the Bears were our first client as 
S3. Okay. S that Star had, we took over. Um, but it was the Bears, it was a, a t- acquiring the Bears bid that really started safety service systems. So do you remember, it, so what were there any challenges that first year? How do you came from Big League, had all experience, now you're going to football. Were there any, like, what, what were there any big surprises or challenges that first year? Well, I remember having meetings with the Bears and George McCaskey being uh, the ticket director at the time. And I remember him telling me, now, Mary Beth, this is not like baseball, but football is very different. So, again, I say the same thing to anybody that, like, a lot of the people that came from Wrigley this year. I was like, hey, you know, just let you know, football is very different. Um, so I think that the difference is, obviously, the fans. I mean, it's 10 games compared to 81. Um but the fans and then uh, the just the way they operate, you know, it's raining, it's snowing, it doesn't matter, the weather, we still play. We did cancel a game once, and it was kind of funny because George was like, well, what do you do on baseball when you cancel a game? And they either play at the next day or you keep the tickets. And again, it wasn't digital tickets back then. It was like, okay. And so basically I'm giving advice to, you know, because it was like never, they never canceled the game. Um, but Soldier Field was flooding. They needed to cancel the game. Um, so I think it was just that that was the biggest difference was just the fans, not 81 days, you know, so and the weather, you know, all just again, baseball goes through now since going to October, uh, several seasons, too. Um, but I think that was really the the biggest thing is just the fan reaction and the fans and how different they are. Football versus baseball. Euphoia, a Greek word meaning having beautiful thoughts and a well-balanced mind. A balanced mind and body bring inner strength and self-confidence to power your best self. Euvoia Wellness, spelled E-U-V-O-I-A Wellness, is created to help you be your best self. All of our products are made using full-spectrum CBD, meaning we use all the therapeutic parts of the hemp plant. If you have areas of discomfort or pain, our CBD relief roll-on is perfect for getting deep into your sore joints and muscles. A good night's sleep is vital to good health. Our sleep oil gives you better REM sleep and more refreshed mornings, while our regular full-spectrum oils are truly the liquid gold you need for your daily routine, making your days more focused and less stressful. Go to Uvoia Wellness, E-U-V-O-I-A wellness.com, and find the natural solution for your wellness needs. That's E-U-V-O-I-A wellness.com, and use promo code wellness at checkout for 15% off your purchase. Reboots, reunions, reruns, no matter where you turn, everyone is going back to revisit Nostalgic TV. Join us on a journey back in the day as we look at your favorite Black 90s sitcoms like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, A Different World, Living Single, and Moesha. We break down a new sitcom and episode per week, discuss why the show was relevant at the time and still holds up today, discuss its impact and laugh at how different things were back in the day or how they stayed the same. Check out Back in the Day with Tanya and Cheryl now on your favorite podcast app and come on a 90s Black sitcom journey with us. I know the biggest thing for me, we all talk about this, is that at game time, they're, they're in their seats and there's <laughs> no huge, at Bigley Phil, I know, at game time, that's when they're just now getting in line. And there's this massive two-hour period of just chaos. 
Um, but we, we all were like, wow, the game started and everybody's in their seat. That's the one. Oh, yeah. Famous kickoff because of you. They're not going to be happy. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, you mentioned uh, a few minutes ago that uh, there were a lot of Cubs staff that came over this year. And I know you were on our, uh, our private um, event for staff. And this goes up to a broader audience. But um, uh, what was it like having Cubs staff in that number, that many, I should say, as soon as you all at once? So I think, especially with the pandemic, you know, unfortunately, we were not able to do a lot of training um, just with the nationwide staffing shortage. So number one, having that was huge with the nationwide staffing shortage. I wish I would have reached out earlier. (laughs) Um, But, you know, the staff from Wrigley is already trained. They're seasoned. They understand how to work an event. Um, you know, so I think that was what was a, a huge advantage to us. I think the disadvantage it was is I, I just just to me is I I felt like I had to have high like I felt they had high expectations for things. So mm-hmm. I, I wanted to be sure that I didn't disappoint them when it came to Soldier Field because again, it's not our stadium. We're a visitor in the stadium. We're a subcontractor. Uh, you know what I mean? So it was, that was kind of, I don't think I ever told you, but that was kind of my fear. So I was like prepping. I'm like, okay, remember this is, you know, we have a single room, we, you know, we, we do this, you know, we, we make the most of the, the space and, and the challenges we have there. So I think that was kind of, but being able to, have, they were seasoned. I didn't have to really worry about, oh, okay, this is how you check a ticket or this is how you scan a ticket. Like the supervisors that work the gates, my gate leads were just like, floored they loved it because they got it they understood it they get it that that's really what it was everybody said because people they got it they understood what the job was we didn't have to really explain that so that was a huge advantage for us especially with what we were doing where we were at the time with the pandemic it's funny because you said it well your biggest fear was that was my biggest fear too so <laughs> well, the whole time I was, I was always in the car, carpooling or whatever. I was always sort of, yeah, you know. So, so yeah, that, like give it a chance. Yeah. You, believe me, like that—that that was my thing. It's like I, I didn't want someone to be like, okay, well, this is like totally. And I, I kind of wanted to prep people before because right. again, it's very different. In house is very different than subcontracting, and I think that was also the biggest challenge when we did started doing bears is you know, George saying, hey, this is, you know, not the same, you know, so. Now, I believe that S3 actually has some Cubs on uh, the rooftops, right? How did, how did that come about? Yeah, so the rooftops, um, oh God, what, I'm trying to remember. It's been a while. Um, so the rooftops are managed by Cubby Bear. And um, I think, I think maybe since we worked at Wrigley, um, inside for the concerts we supplemented staff uh way back when uh and for a while when mike hill and paul ratchet were still there um i think um maybe they knew of us well i don't know i can't remember if uh stacy just who is stacy lucas is who our client is um, she just reached out to us and then i had a meeting with them um seems so long ago sometimes <laughs> Things are so natural sometimes that you kind of forget how the beginning, a friend, you forget, how did you become such good friends? So I think she just called the office and then we met and uh, started doing the rooftops. So I said, because I've I've never, ever, ever been on a rooftop. I'm just curious. What is that? What is that game day experience like? I've never been. So I'm just curious. So I 
have not worked the rooftops, but I have attended games on rooftop on the rooftops. Um, from what I understand, I mean, our staff. So what we do is we do the uh, wanding um, and bag check. And then once that's done, they'll just roam the levels of the rooftop, looking, making sure they're, they're look, uh, looking out for um, underage drinking, uh, any, obviously any uh, situation that they need to get involved in. Um, I think the biggest thing with the rooftops that I hear a lot is that just people are over, they're impaired. Ah, okay, okay. Because it's it's all you can eat, all you can drink. <laughs> yes, okay. So, wow. um, so yeah, so that's that's really the only thing with the rooftops is they're, you know, but otherwise they're, they're you know, no different than working, I think, inside the stadium. You know, people are there to have, watch the game, and I think more, it's more of a party atmosphere, obviously, because then a lot of corporate parties, a lot of groups, a lot of special occasions they rent the rooftop out so so once the bear season ended uh, and uh, obviously we've been all getting back together getting ready for casting calls and interviews and things like that and there's one question that seemed to pop up a lot from everybody and that's about Lollapalooza so I'm going to ask you the question that everybody asked me because they think I worked and I haven't uh, if you had to compare bears working and Lollapalooza working everybody wants to know what is one seems worse than the other. So what is it like to work Lollapalooza compared to those working the Bears for those of us that have worked there? Did everybody, I think there's not a question. So I wouldn't say, it's really hard to compare the two. Um, like Lala, it was two days and it was three days and now it's four days. Um, it takes a lot out of us. Um, it's tiring. Um, so it takes a lot of prep. Um, beforehand, but we've done it. So we've started, we, we have done Lala since its beginning, it's its inception. So we were the only company and now there's, uh, well, last year was four because we couldn't fill the spots. Um, normally three security companies, um, cause it's gotten so big, but, uh, it just like, just for me personally, it takes a lot of my time. Um, so just a typical day at Lala, I'm there at six 30, and I probably don't get, and we do stay at a hotel room down there. So do not take the travel time to go back and forth from home to, to Grant Park. Um, typically get back to the hotel room about, or check out around midnight. Uh, so that's four days. Uh, we try to take turns to get in there early, uh, all of our admin staff. Um, we've had, it, it's just a different beast, I would say. We've had to, we have to change our uniforms every year. We've had people counterfeit our uniforms to get in. We've had uniforms to get in. So we do our own unique uniform each year. So that's an interesting fact. Um, we do, like this year, I caught a guy wearing another company's uniform, but he had jeans on. So I knew he wasn't working. So I caught him entering the backstage area. So um, again, and they, those companies will figure it out. You know, unfortunately, you, you figure it out the hard way, right? Um so it's just unique situations. It's fun. I mean, it's, God, it's just, it's an experience. I, I can't even like explain. It's an experience you have to, you have to, you got to work it to, to and, and just, um, so one of my, a couple of favorite moments during Lala, like Snoop Dogg on the main stage, wasn't the main actor, he was on the main stage. The earth was shaking, like crowd, one of his songs, I, I don't even know the songs, but when I'm in the bear, I'm in the middle of the barricade um, in the T and literally all the fans are jumping up and down. The earth was shaking. It's like, that was so awesome. Dave Grohl from Food Fighters. 
uh, jam it out on his guitar while it was pouring rain. Like it's just, there's moments, there's so many great Lala moments, um, but you can't compare it to sports, can't compare it to football. It's just such a different, and again, you have to get in that mindset too. It's a different mindset. The EDM music, you got that across the street, you got country, you got you know, all the different genres of music. Um, it's, it's definitely an experience and we do a lot. So at Lala, we are responsible for a backstage stage, um, uh, all the VIP entry um, gates and then uh, and all the backstage entrance gates like that you have to have credentials to get into. So that's what we handle. Uh, so we're the biggest one there, but just working a barricade when there is major crowd activity, again, is it's just, it's, I, I can't even explain it. You got it. You got to be there. It's it's just being in the scene. It's, it's just very different. So we really do enjoy it. as much work as it is. It's a lot of work and it's tiring, you know, and sometimes I'll have Lala and a Bears game that same week. Well, sometimes I had Bears Family Fest the same day as Lala. So I would go from Lala to Bears Family Fest back to Lala. Um, so it's just it's very tiring, but it's it's a it's a rush. I mean, it's it's a rush. So. Now, I noticed that S3 was also uh, inside of the United Center this year for Bulls and Blackhawks. Now, is that new? Or have you always been doing that? That's new. So um, we were, we're working for At Your Service. So At Your Service is the ushering company that does uh, United Center and White Sox. So we've always done supplemental services to White Sox games, uh, beginning of the season, end of the season, like again, when their uh, kids go back to school. Um, so we've done that for a few years. Um, so because of the problems in hiring, they uh, requested us to work and help at the United Center. So we've been doing that. that that's been great for us. Um, again, just supplemental rushing staff. So it, it's been awesome. So yeah. So okay. I mean, uh, we'll do White Sox again. Um, we did a lot of White Sox games last year. Again, same thing. Um, I assume I'll go back to the beginning of the season, end of the season, or helping whenever they need us. So, so you all have done pretty much every sports team in every or and or every stadium, pretty much in the city, right? And suburbs. I, I guess we have. <laughs> we haven't done well. We did fire at Soldier Field this past year. <laughs> um, oh, I don't think we did it before we left Soldier Field. So, I guess we have, right? Hockey, Blackhawks, Bulls, Sox, Cubs, Bears. Fire, yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, <laughs> Didn't even realize that. <laughs> right. um, now I know how that is. My last question. I know how it is for us on the north side, but can you sort of tell us uh, how has the how has COVID nineteen affected public events in general? Would you say? Because uh, obviously, the way things have been going had to change suddenly, and I'm sure it's still going on. So. Um, as a person who has worked with multiple, not only sports, but concerts, how would you say COVID-19 has changed the industry? Um, I mean, it's great to be back. I'm glad it's back. Um, I think there's a lot of arguments or disagreements when it comes to, because now at indoor venues, they need to show their, their uh, vaccine card and ID. So we're doing, we're checking that. I think people are are um, upset about that, you know, so it's just, I think more, there's more rules when it comes to um, related to COVID um, in regards to entry into venues and who can attend concerts. 
Um, obviously staffing issues, um, like our staff, not, we don't require our staff to be fully vaccinated. So we'll test. Um, so we've got to do that aspect of it. So we're testing our employees. Um, I think the biggest challenge is just getting staff to work. I think, I think there might be some employees. We have some employees that have not worked at all, um, that have chosen to kind of just take a leave of absence because they're not comfortable working in crowds. So I think that's, I think another challenge for us. And these are some, some great employees, but again, I respect, you know, I respect them for, you know, making sure that they're safe. So, and those employees may never come back. They may never want to work big events again or with crowds. So I think that might be a really big influence on events, concerts and, in big events. I mean, I hope that we can get to a point where we're not doing that. I mean, working Lala last year and having to test all of our employees or get their vax cards, and it was pretty early. Obviously, a lot of people didn't even have the opportunity to get vaccinated. That was challenging. That was really challenging. Okay. Well, Mary Beth, thank you for uh, being on the podcast. And um, without saying too much, I'm looking forward to this year. I'm going to have... Um, uh, some first-hand experience with some S3 folks that can have the podcast. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> cool. so uh, and I get Paul on here as well uh, to also uh, talk about it. But thank you so much for all you've done for all of us, the Cubs uh, staff, as well as uh, taking care of us at the Bears game. So uh, thank you very much, Mary Beth. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. All right. We'll catch you all on the next episode of Mistaken Identity oh. Beyond Paul. Hey guys, if you're hearing my voice here again, that means we've reached the end of the show. It's that time again for all the thank yous and special messages and disclaimers, you know, all the stuff you really tune in for each week. A big thank you yet again to all of our supporters who not only continue to tune into our show, but take the time to hit the like button, write reviews, and share our content on social media. It all really helps us grow our audience. Our Patreon page continues to thrive as well as we're working not only on the podcast, but the Roku channel and the book club and on and on and on. If you'd like to be a part of that expanding mistaken identity experience, follow the link in our show notes to our Patreon page or go to patreon.com and search mistaken identity podcast for all the ways you can sign up to access this multitude of additional content. Mistaken Identity is also now a part of the Unconfined Network, which is a home to many podcasts whose hosts have met inside the walls of Wrigley Field. Check out the network's other show offerings. Head to unconfinednetwork.com. That's all one word, unconfinednetwork.com, to view all of our shows and their catalogs. Shouts out to Frank Walker, Jesse Graham, and Jordan Burks for their continued efforts both in front and behind the scenes to keep Mistaken Identity rolling along every week. And of course, we can't leave without our disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely our own, and we do not speak for or on behalf of the Chicago Cubs or any other organization. This is Joe Flaherty from the Mistaken Identity Podcast saying stay safe, and we'll catch you next time beyond the ballpark. Thank you.